On today's Locked On Texan podcast, we are giving you guys an update on the Jalen Petrie injury and how this team can improve the rushing attack. You are Locked On Texans, your daily Houston Texans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome, everybody, to a Tuesday episode of the Locked On Texan Podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This episode is brought to you by Prospects, the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Go to prospects.com slash locked on NFL and use promo code all lowercase locked on NFL for a first deposit match up to 100 I am your Texan football analyst, Johnson Sports Guy Hickman, of course, joined by none other than Texans Beat Reporter, Credential Media member, and Sports Illustrated's own Cody Davis. If you are new to the Locked on Texan podcast, be sure to subscribe, like, and comment on YouTube or wherever you get your podcast. Thank you for stopping by. And always, shout out to our returning listeners and visitors as we talk Texans on this Tuesday. With Sunday's matchup coming up, you got Anthony Richardson, mm. you got CJ Stroud, you got number three in, 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 in the in number two in the NFL draft, you got number four in the NFL draft. We're going to take a look at the 2023 rookie QB draft class. How can the Houston Texans improve this rushing attack and also more takeaways from Sunday's matchup? But we are starting this episode off with giving you guys an update on Jalen Petrie's injury. And if he will be absent for Sunday's matchup, if we will miss time, how can this defense move forward? Uh, Well, nobody is telling me nothing as of right now, but John, listeners and viewers, I am anticipating um, Jalen Petrie to miss Sunday's matchup against the Indianapolis Colts. According to Aaron Wilson, Monday afternoon, he was released from a Baltimore hospital. Um, However, the injury was slightly a little bit worse than what we all was was being told uh, immediately after Sunday's game. Aaron Wilson did report that um, part of the issues that he had going on Sunday night, he was cu- coughing up blood. That's part of the reason why they kept him overnight in Baltimore for more evaluations. But forget about a game on Sunday. Um, best thing is that Jalen Petrie is now out of the hospital, and we're just hoping for a fast and speedy recovery for that young man. Now, John, listeners and viewers, with Jalen Petrie, you know, the anticipation of him being out on Sunday, the next question is how do the Houston Texans defense move forward? I think MJ Stewart and Eric Murray, Murray did do a solid job filling in the boys at safety because you also got to consider that Jimmy Ward was out for Sunday's game as well. And the defense did take somewhat of a decline. However, according to Denzel Perriman, Sunday's game was a building block for the Houston Texans especially considering that they was missing a couple of their key guys. Yeah, um, just moving forward, man, that's just the, the first brick of the foundation, man. We're just going to build off that. Um, like I said, there's a lot of things we got to clean up in about, well, I looked at his phone, so it's maybe like 12, 15, 16. So about an hour, we're going to basically get down to the film and they'll clean up what we need to clean up. 
when you look at Sunday's game, two of the people that was kind of the star of that defense was John Gennar and Will Anderson Jr. Both of those guys had an opportunity to record a sack on Lamar Jackson. We all understand how good that defense was up front containing the Baltimore Ravens. However, John, listeners and viewers, I think this defense is going to be very, very, not very good, but I think this defense is going to be pretty solid if they go into Sunday's game without the services of Jimmy Ward and Jalen Petrie. By the way, Speaking of Sunday's game, I do want to give a special shout out to Derek Stingley Jr. I think he had one of his most encouraging games in terms of what you want to see out of him um, Sunday afternoon, despite that bogus pass interference call on Odell Beckham Jr. I mean, the ball wasn't even catchable, even if Odell was wide open, but that's neither here or there. Derrick Stanley Jr. did have a good season debut Sunday. He did only allow one catch off of two targets for 20 yards, Um, and he basically made Odell Beckham Jr. non-existent for majority of the game, and that is something that I wanted to see. So, second half, you played against a former league MVP in Lamar Jackson, top three, top five, top 10 quarterback in the league Sunday you're going to play against um Anthony Richardson and that's only going to be his second game and I'm pretty sure the Houston Texans defense can exploit the inexperience that Richardson has yeah so with Jalen Petrie being out uh for the potential game coming up this Sunday which you hate but health is important beyond the game right uh, I'm looking at MJ Stewart first and foremost before I talk about MJ Stewart I definitely want to see Jimmy Ward back on the field uh, you know, his presence alone, I think, will elevate that D backfield. But MJ Stewart, in the absence of Jalen Petrie, he only allowed one catch for five yards. And I thought MJ did a very good job throughout the game playing his role, being in his assigned area, which is something when I go back to look at the difference between the starting safety group last year and this year. Yeah, we love Jonathan Owens, we love his story, mm-hmm. right? We love his wife. We love how he made the team, how he continued to fight. And a lot of us give him the props that he deserves on being one of the top tacklers for this team last year as a safety. That's not a good thing. That's not a good indication for your defense, but he was able to be pretty solid. However, if you go back and look at what Jonathan Owens did not do last year, assignments was an issue in coverage, right? So when I'm looking at MJ Stewart, and whenever we get the opportunity to go back and watch that game, I can't wait to get myself in that film room, shut all the lights off, and just watch football. <laughs> but MJ Stewart did a very good job of being in his assigned area making a play. And so we look at the potential of Jalen Petrie not playing on Sunday. Hopefully, not too much of uh not too much missed time for an extended period. Mm. But MJ Stewart proved why against a passing attack for the Baltimore Ravens that didn't try to go vertically too much. So we do got to take that in mind. And I'm not saying he went out there and had the game of his life. What I am saying is I want to see Jimmy Ward back out on the field with MJ Stewart if Jalen Petrie is going to be out. I don't want to see a combination of an MJ Stewart and maybe a Granny Arnold or Eric Murray. But MJ played very well. Eric Murray in his role for the Houston Texans also played well. When we look at the defense moving forward, if Petrie's going to be out, if Jimmy Ward is going to be out, if 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 it's just down to MJ, Eric Murray, and Grayling Arnold, then the front seven for the Houston Texans, they got to be preaching pressure. Hmm. They need pressure throughout the game. They can't allow 
uh, Anthony Richardson, which is something that he did a couple of times against the Jags to break free from their pocket and be able to extend plays with his legs and beat your man uh, and, and be able to beat you on a deep pass because he has a cannon for an arm, right? And so you want to make sure that you're containing him. Maybe some of those wide nonsense defensively where you collapse everything on Anthony Richardson from a front seven perspective. Maybe you send a blister through the through the middle of that, of that defense to cause pressure up front and on the edge and make his day very difficult, make it harder for him to go out there and beat you with his legs and make it difficult for him. And there's question marks around his pocket presence as a passer. So make that even more difficult to put your defense in winning positions. I think he's a guy that once he gets loose and he's able to play some of that backyard football on that concrete just on turf, then, man, he's dangerous. So with the potential of both Jalen Petrie and Jimmy Ward out, I do like the depth for Houston with MJ Stewart, mostly MJ Stewart, but I don't want this team to be in a position where, oh, wow, they're getting beat deep. They're going to need that pressure up front playing against a, a, a running a quarterback, excuse me, please excuse me, a quarterback who can beat you with his legs and he has the arm to beat you downfield with deep shots. But I think Houston definitely has a chance uh, defensively based on what we saw from Houston on Sunday versus the Ravens and based off what we saw from Anthony Richardson against the Jags. Get ready for the NFL season with incredible offers from FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers can bet $5 and get $200 in bonus bets back guaranteed. Plus, all new customers who bet $5 will get $100 off NFL Sunday ticket from YouTube and YouTube TV. Now is the best time to join FanDuel. The app is easy to use, and you can bet on everything from the spread to player props and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and kick off the NFL season with an offer you won't want to miss. FanDuel is the official partner of the NFL. Welcome back in, Locked On Texan listeners and viewers. Before we dive into how the Houston Texans can improve their rushing attack, I do want to give you guys some more stats, inside advanced stats, and a look from Sunday's matchup from the Baltimore Ravens. Nico Collins lined up in the slot 11 of his 44 snaps, 22 yards after the catch, 3.7 yards after catch per reception, and his average depth of targets was 15. He picked up three first downs for the Houston Texans offense. When I look at Nico Collins, one of the things that I've attached to him as a player is him being able to be a possession receiver with that big body, just get his body in front of his defender, catch those passes, and come down. He had a couple opportunities to get some yak yards and uh, wasn't the fastest. I don't know if it was the field or what. And Nico looked much more faster during camp. And last season, yeah, the so field was, was field. the field was Nico. wet a little bit because Baltimore was hit by some heavy rain throughout the weekend. So. They were, they were. Damian Pierce, the most successful runs were towards the inside of Jared Patterson, the center, and Shaq Mason, the right guard, with three attempts for twelve yards on his lone attempt towards the left inside. Damian Pierce did have his longest run of the day for seven yards. The offensive line as a whole, accounted for 13 hurries and 17 pressures. Josh Jones accounted for five pressures. 
four hurries and one quarterback hit. Shaq Mason accounted for four pressures and one hurry on the day. The Texans' defense, their pressure, did a very good job of getting in the face of Lamar Jackson. 13 pressures on the day with eight hurries. Got to talk about the quarterback, right? C.J. Stroud. Where was C.J. Stroud the most effective? Guys, that was in the middle of the field in between the numbers. On passes ten between 10 to 20 yards on the day, C.J. Stroud, down the field, excuse me, on those passes that was in between the 10-yard mark and 20-yard mark, C.J. Stroud was 4 of 7, 4, 68 yards with a passer rating of 90.2. On those passes in between 1-yard pass line of scrimmage and 10-yards pass line of scrimmage, C.J. Stroud was 5 of 7 for 49 yards with a passer rating of 90.8. Of his passes that were between 10 to 19 yards down the field, Stroud went 6 of 11 but picked up 5 first down and his average depth of target was 14.3 on those passes between 10 and 19 yards. The short passes attempt between 1 and 9 yards, C.J. Stroud went 13 of 18 on the day, picking up eight first down with an average depth of average depth of target, excuse me, was 7.1. No deep shots were connected on for the day. He did have two attempts, and the deep shots are considered 20 or more yards down the field also the linebackers as a unit only allowed 15 yards per completion and for christian harris no missed tackles on the day so i think we did see a better overall product compared to what we were seeing last year and going back to even a little bit in training camp where you know not training camp but preseason where it was kind of some question marks with coverage you saw the linebacker group as a whole do a hell of a lot better uh, against the Baltimore Ravens. Out of all of the numbers that you gave from Sunday's loss against the Baltimore Ravens, of course, the number one thing I kind of want to focus on is improving the Houston Texans rushing attack. Now, <clears throat> let me let me preface my statement by saying this. I know that I might be in the minority when I say this, but I do feel in some type of way that it's kind of hard to evaluate the Houston Texans run game Sunday because that offensive line was just that bad. And I don't know what running back. I don't care if we go all the way back and get Arian Foster in his prime. I don't know what running back would be able to establish the run with a with a terrible offensive line like we saw Sunday from the Houston Texans. And I know you mentioned that um, Damian Pierce, you know, he was most successful running between um, Jerry Patterson and Shaq in Shaq Mason, but I do want to mention this as well. I wonder how much of the struggles that we've seen from the run, run game and the Houston Texans being so hell-bent on running the ball, I do wonder how much of that is going to affect them throughout this whole entirety of the season. And I only say that because Kenyon Green, he's going to be out all season, as we already know. And people are still trying to wrap their heads around, you know, why in the world did um, Nick Casario draft Kenyon Green so high in the 2022 draft? Well, I'll tell you this for one thing. This is an organization that has been hell-bent on establishing a run for the last few years. And when you go back and you take a look at Green's college profile, he did at Texas A&M. 
have a run blocking grade of 86.6. And what is something that I have been talking about throughout this entire time when you look at Green? his ability to be a promising run blocker. And I think that is what was missing for the Houston Texans. Even when you go back last year and you take a look at the struggles that he had, he did solid. Let me say solid as a run blocker, but I just find it hard to get down on Damian Pierce, get down on this rushing attack. And just knowing that majority of the inefficiencies that we saw against the Baltimore Ravens was simply due to that offensive line. But what I will say, D'Amico Ryans does have an idea on how the Houston Texans can improve the run. Yeah, we'll see with the running game. We'll see how we can continue to improve our running game. I want to get as many touches as as if, as effective as we can be in a run game, we'll try to uh, try to do that, uh, and I think we can run it more. And we'll try to run it more, and think we can be more effective at it. We can block it better, and uh, you'll see that. There's two things that I want to focus on, of what Coach D'Amico Ryan's had to say. We could run it more, which means that they definitely not going to abandon the run, but more importantly, that they can block better. And I think that's going to ultimately determine whether or not the Houston Texans will have an opportunity to establish the run moving forward. Yeah, and you can tell that without them being able to establish the run, it threw off their offense. And so uh, this is a team that gave the keys to Damian Pierce, right? Didn't mm -hmm. necessarily challenge him as this team's number one running back. I gave you guys a hot take at the beginning of the year, and I said there's a possibility that Damian Pierce has not rushed for 1,000 yards. I'm not over here trying to say I told you so because that's not the case. I still believe in a 17-game season he will rush for 1K. And for Damian Pierce, he started off rocky last year as well because the Texans had some of the same issues, the offensive line not being able to consistently create a push. What I'm looking at right now is one of the moves that I was critical of was when Houston cut Dalton King. I thought Dalton King came in as a fullback, a tight end converted to fullback. And in that last preseason game, I saw some of the best blocking from a fullback I've seen from, from a Houston Texan since Vontae Leach, that era, right? And Vontae Leach blocked for Aaron Foster. That. And Aaron Foster was all pro bowler, all pro and pro bowler at running back. So, I say that to say this. You kept Andrew Beck. He's going to have to be much more in, involved, and I think Bobby Slork and this offensive staff is just going to have to be much more intentional on finding ways to utilize him as a blocker and finding ways to scheme up different opportunities to get Damian Pierce out in open field. Damian Pierce is a running back that if you contain him between that first and that second level of that defense, you pretty much got him for the day. You won that rep. But if Damian Pierce can get to that second level and beyond, then he's a running back that's running with a head of steam. And it's hard to bring down, right? Kind of like Derrick Henry, not calling him Derrick Henry, but when Derrick Henry, <laughs> excuse me, when Derrick Henry gets to that, that second level, nobody wants to tackle him. Everybody's making a business decision. And I think Damian Pierce has that same running style, right? And so mm -hmm. for Houston, they're just going to have to find those ways to get him into those lanes, get him into those alleys where he's in out in open space and, and he's able to make a move and get up to the next level. Because once he does that, then you're looking at a totally different player and a more dangerous player for this offense. And again, 
improving the rushing attack is only improving this offense because now if Damian Pierce is having the game, we're on 13 carries, he has 80 yards. You got to respect that, right? And so one of the things I was critical of from Sunday's matchup was Bobby Slowick overusing the play action. And in one drive, I think he used it on back-to-back plays. And if I'm a defensive coordinator, you're going to have to prove to me that you can beat me running. You haven't did it to this point. But if Damian Pierce has one of those games where he's running the ball efficiently, he's breaking out for long runs, that will draw up that defense. Now you may see a more loaded box, but that play action is going to work a whole hell of a lot faster. Maybe that quick game is going to work out a little bit more as well. So improving the rushing attack for Houston is only going to improve the offense. Prize picks, prize picks, prize picks. Over the weekend, I had a little extra cash on me, and I said, you know what? Why not place an entry for prize picks? And right now, they got it to where you can win up to 25 times your money this football season. Do you guys get what I'm saying? You can turn $10 into $250. And guess what I did with just a few taps? I won $250 on the day with my entry on prize picks. Again, 25 times, up to 25 times your money this football season. On, on, on simple things, will Saquon Barkley have more than 60 yards? Will Patrick Mahomes throw for more than two passing touchdowns? Like these are some of the things that – you can place an entry on for prize picks. All of you doing is saying, I want the over, I want the under, I want the less, I want the more. Prize picks also offers weekly promotions that can lead to big payouts like Taco Tuesday. Each Tuesday, prize picks discounts a select player projections up to 25% to provide even more value. Prize picks now offers Apple Pay for quick and easy deposits into your account this football season. What y'all waiting on? What are you waiting on? Go to prospects.com slash locked on NFL. Use promo code locked on NFL for a first deposit match up to $100. Again, prospects.com slash locked on NFL. Use promo code locked on NFL for a first deposit match up to for a yeah, first deposit match up to $100. It don't get no simpler. It don't get no easier. Meet me at prospects.com. Let's make some money. Welcome back in, Locked On Texas listeners and viewers. Before we close out today's show, we got a 2023 Mm. quarterback rookie class. We got Anthony Richardson. We got CJ Stroud. We got the showdown happening. The first of two for CJ because, remember, he plays Bryce Young. Hmm. Later in this season, but you got Anthony Richardson who actually, actually, you could say the first of four at least, because I'm pretty sure after the day Ryan Tannehill had oh one God. of the moments, one of them games well, that we right coming now, up against right Tennessee. now they have Malik Willis as the number two quarterback. On you're the right, roster. you're right, you're right. Give my boy on Sunday, Anthony Richardson, 223 yards in the air, and of course he used his legs. 10 carries, 40 yards, one TD through the air, one TD on the ground. He was sacked four times, had a QBR of 23.5, and a quarterback rating of 79. But this is a game that I think, you know, everybody should be excited about. This game will be 
this this will be a tale for Houston the next ten years for this division, hopefully, right? Mm. And I say hopefully because the last time we said ten years for a quarterback in Houston, the very next season he was out. But you're looking at Anthony Richardson, C.J. Stroud, and Honey not Honey Badger, Sunshine, right? Trevor Lawrence. We got to see what's going on with the Mayo man over in Tennessee. Mm. But what I'm looking at this 2023 rookie class. Our quarterbacks going at it. I just want to see some fun. I want to see these offensive coordinators get real creative with their quarterbacks, do things that their quarterbacks are comfortable with. And I do want to let you guys know, Houston did a very good job of containing the Baltimore Ravens and Lamar Jackson on the ground um, on Sunday. The Colts ran for 65 yards. So at 2.5 yards per carry. So they weren't a team that really just got active on the ground and dominated their game with the rushing attack. This is a perfect opportunity for Houston to do what they didn't do last year. Teams were coming in Houston and were not that good on the ground or average, below average, and they were running crazy on Houston. Hmm. Like Houston could not stop a nosebleed on the ground. So for Houston, I'm looking at this game as another statement. Teams would not run on us. Teams would not get, you know, freaky on us on the ground. We're going to contain that and make it difficult for teams to establish their passing offense. I'm excited. Hmm. I am excited. Um, Two things about this game. One, I don't think the Colts are going to run crazy on the Texans because, look, Anthony Richardson is a phenomenal athlete. Some people like to call him Cam Newton 2.0 or whatever the case might be. But at the same time, this is an indie team that's coming inside NRG Stadium without Jonathan Taylor, one of the best backs in the game today. So I think that's part of the reason why the Houston Texans will be able to contain the Colts offense. However, I do wonder if this is going to be one of those games that we normally see from rookies where they try to focus on making improvements to the point it kind of takes them out of the, out of their game. And I only say that because after Sunday's game, when the Colts lost to the Jaguars, that there was this report that Trevor Lawrence went up to Anthony Richardson told him good good game and all this other good stuff. But he also told him, make sure that you protect yourself. And I started reading more reports from what Jacksonville said and what some of his teammates said. And everybody said, look, Anthony Richardson had a phenomenal debut. Um, played really, really well. However, he does need to learn how to protect himself. And they said that because towards the end of that game, he did went down with, I think he had bumped knees with somebody. And that was like somewhat of a scary moment for that organization. And I'm wondering if this week he's going to hear, protect yourself, protect yourself, protect yourself so much to the point he's not going to be too much of a dual threat quarterback in Sunday's game against the Houston Texans. And, you know, if you go back, it doesn't matter what sport, and I've seen this several times with the rookies and the, and the second-year players that I that I had an opportunity to cover these last couple of years with the Houston Rockets and Houston Texans, when they're being told to do something so much, they try to focus too much on 
making that change to the point it takes them out of their game. And that's when we see those games where we be like, man, such as us had a terrible game that day. Um, but I, 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 I'm excited for this, man. I really do believe that this is going to be a fun game because, look, C.J. Stroud, he was kind of dejected after the loss against the Baltimore Ravens. And, you know, Anthony Richardson is, is just like C.J. He wants to win. Um, his very first NFL game. And, you know, both of those quarterbacks and both of those teams are looking at each other to saying to saying to themselves, we could beat the Houston Texans. We could beat the Indianapolis Colts. And I think it's going to make for a phenomenal game. It's always a challenge when you go against a running quarterback. And Lamar is definitely one of the top quarterbacks in this league. You talk about athleticism and being able to create with his legs. So it, uh, I think our guys did a good job of just continuing to to work right you never know when he's going to be down you have to keep hunting and that's what our guys did and it'll be the same this week another uh, quarterback who's athletic he can run the ball so we have another challenge and that's that's the kind of theme of the league and that's where I think the trend is going with more quarterbacks who are athletic and can run the ball so we'll see a lot of that each week Thank you guys for checking out today's episode of the Locked on Texan podcast. Be sure to subscribe, like, and comment to the Locked on Texan podcast on YouTube and follow us on Twitter at Locked on Texans. Give me a follow at John underscore Hickman 12. And as always, I'm your host, Cody M. Davis. Please remember to follow me on Twitter at Cody Davis underscore 24. Once again, that's Cody, C-O-T-Y, D-A-V-I-S underscore 24. Until next time, ladies and gentlemen, peace.